0: Ask any baller.
1: If you know, you know. The game has changed, but it's still the same. If you want it, go get it. Shazam! The inbounds pass comes into Jordan. Here's Michael
0: at the foul line, the shot on Elo. Ah, the balls win! They win it! Mike, you're honestly telling me that he's a top five. Yeah, top five of all time. No question about it. Thicker, this is for the win.
1: Got it! Wow! Boys basket.
0: You know, one thing's for sure, over at Valley Sports Plug, you're never gonna catch us slipping. With the first overall pick, the Phoenix Suns select three, two.
1: Welcome back to Pass the Outlet. This is episode 14. I'm your co-host, Michael Benjamin, joined as always by my wingman, Chris Patrick. Chris, what's good, man? How are you doing
0: tonight? Doing good, Mike. I think you were saying it's been like three months since we did a Pass the Outlet podcast. So plenty to talk about, ready to get into it. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing great, man. Yeah, our last Pass the Outlet was actually on
1: August 23rd. So it's almost three months to the date. Last time we had Ray Taylor of Slam Balls Team Buzzsaw joining us, giving us a little bit of insight onto the restart of the league. Awesome conversation. Make sure you go watch that back if you haven't checked it out. And we'll be looking to see if Ray is back out there next summer. But if you're new here, we're here to talk about the beautiful game of basketball. Obviously tonight, we got to look at the brand new Phoenix Suns. We're going to break it down with the outlet point guard. And of course, take a look at what our friends are saying about the new NBA in-season tournament with Reddit Reacts. But if you're joining us, we love you. Make sure you smash that like button and subscribe to Valley Sports Plug. We're hitting you with bi-weekly Suns recaps. we got Cardinals recaps every week, live streams, heat check podcasts, you name it. Make sure you drop a follow across all social medias at AZ underscore VSP. Guys, we're doing another ticket giveaway this year, and I promise you, it's going to be a big, big game. So stay tuned for more information on that. But Chris, let's get right into it. Like we said, it's been three months, but it's been three months because there was a big World Series run by one of our teams, right, with the Arizona Diamondbacks. But the NBA season is fully underway now, and we got to look at some new faces in some new places right i want to take a look at some guys who have made transitions to other parts of the league i want to start off right away with drew holiday with the boston celtics man he's got them rolling already they're 11 and 3 first in the east he's averaging 12.8 points 7.4 rebounds and 5.1 assists in 35 minutes i love seeing almost eight rebounds from your starting point guard another starter huge name Damian Lillard in Milwaukee. He's averaging 24.6 points, 4.3 rebounds, 6.3 assists. The Bucks are 10 and 4 at third in the East. And maybe somebody who hasn't made that big of a contribution just yet and are kind of stinking it up, it's James Harden with the Los Angeles Clippers. He's averaging 16 points, 5 rebounds, 5.4 assists in 32 minutes. The Clippers are 5 and 7 sitting at 11th in the West. We know standings are going to move around a lot. It's crazy, too. He almost forced the hand of Russell Westbrook to go to the coaching staff and ask for him to move to the bench because it just hasn't been working out with them so far. But, Chris, tell me what you've been thinking about from these three guys and any uh, anybody else really catching your eye from their movement to their new teams this season.
0: Yeah, it's been quite the shakeup in the NBA over the past couple seasons. I mean, if, if you even go back to last year and the trade deadline and things like that, where at home here we had Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson going to New York to get us Kevin Durant. Now we talk about there's only, I think, three or four guys on the Suns roster that were here last year. just a ton of new faces here in town, but just all over the league. I want to start where you mentioned uh, Damian Lillard. He's, he is averaging that 24.6 points and 6.3 rebounds, a little bit down from last year, which surprises me. I mean, last year he averaged 32.2 points per game and 7.3 assists, so an entire assist more and almost 10 points more. Per game, I mean it makes sense the points because he did have to take on more of the scoring load in Portland when they really didn't have many other options I know he also missed a good amount of time he got shut down early last year so that's a factor as well but with the assists is what I think is most interesting with Dame because you would think being alongside Giannis that would open him up to get more assists I guess they haven't really needed it from him which I mean it's fine I think it's just I've heard some criticism of their offense where it's you know, Giannis doing his same old lower the shoulder, barrel roll in there, get to the rim, and then Damian Lillard chucking up three-pointers. And I mean, hey, if it works, I'm not going to knock it, but uh, sounds like it's not necessarily the prettiest basketball to watch. Um, on the other side of that, you know, talking about James Harden going to the Clippers, he did get a little bit of a late start. The season had already began to join that roster, so I want to give him a, a little bit of a leash. I know there is a ton of criticism to be leveraged towards James Harden. Everyone saw that um, broadcaster who did a whole like two minute monologue, just absolutely cooking James Harden. Uh, what Mike, he made some comment about like um, something about not needing to fit into a system because he is the system. I'm probably not getting that exactly right, but it was something along those lines. And this guy's like, no, James Harden, you are not the system. You are the problem. And it's just, everyone was like, Ooh, it was like that, um super hot fire meme where everyone was just like, going crazy. But yeah, James Harden, I, like I said, I'm going to give him a little bit of uh, wiggle room to try and figure it out. I mean, we remember when Russ joined the Clippers, it wasn't a smooth transition there either. But by the time they got into the playoffs, Russ is the reason they even had life in that playoffs. I mean, it wasn't like Kawhi Leonard or Paul George are going to play, right? We know they're going to be on the bench. And maybe that's what James Harden needs. Maybe he needs those guys to get their seasonal injuries so he can get some more play time and uh, show us if he really does still have that all-star potential or if he's already starting to wash out in this league a little bit. Uh, But Mike, I want to pass it back over to you. And I think we got to mention our boy DeAndre Ayton. He is also on a new team. He came here. He went to the Portland Trail Blazers in that move for the Suns, getting Yusuf Nurkic. And his numbers are down, man. He had uh, 12.2 points per game this season and 11 rebounds. Uh, Last year, he was averaging 18 points per game and 10 rebounds. So I guess he's getting one more rebound per game than he was last year, Um, but not quite scoring as much. So the grass isn't necessarily always greener on the other side, is it, Mr. Ayton?
1: Oh, it's not. I mean, the biggest thing that's going around as well right now is that he's averaging 0.7 free throw attempts per game. And if he's going off that route, he's not even going to get one free throw attempt per game. That's an issue from your big man. It was something that we always talked about when it comes to DeAndre Ayton. The just timidness he has around the basket for a guy that size and that stature. We know he should be able to really just put his foot down and and make guys just fall at his knees. It seems like, but what is this season six? If it hasn't happened now, it's probably never going to happen. And we know that, know that at this point, uh, and remember when we were talking kind of right around the trade, when everything went down, I said, you know, hopefully Deandre Ayton can find some success with Portland, but that team isn't going to be successful at least to start. And it's already showing. The Trailblazers are 3-10. and They're second to last in the West. They're 14th. And they've just lost their seventh straight game as well. So it's a struggle in Portland. I feel for Portland fans. It's going to be a tough time. They do have some nice young pieces, but it's going to take a big-time rebuild for them to get back into this West, which is just so, so tough. We already know that. And I guess the last guy I have to talk about – Chris, when it comes down to new places, new faces, it's another Chris. It's our old guy, Chris Paul, with the Golden State Warriors. Right now, he's averaging 9.8 points, 3.9 rebounds, and 7.7 assists in about 29 minutes. I think he finally realized he can't be the starter when you got Steph Curry there. He only has six starts. And the Warriors are right in, in the middle of the pack. For uh, they're seven and eight right now. They are in 10th in the west, but like I said, this when it's early season NBA, we just don't know. We got to start getting into the 30 game, 40 game realm before we start really fleshing out who might be true contenders for playoffs and who might be on the outside looking in. But Golden State had dropped six straight until they beat Houston last night. But Chris, what have you seen out of CP3 so far to start with the Warriors?
0: You know, to be to be honest and fair to Chris, I've seen a lot of what we have seen from him the last two years, an aging point guard, not even an aging point guard, an old point guard at this point. He has to, you know, shift his game, and he has. He, he still has his mid-range. He still has his court vision, but he's much slower and not quite the the spry, young, scrappy point guard he used to be. I think the six-man role for him is honestly probably fitting at this point. I know it probably was a lot of, Swallowing of pride that went into him actually willing be being willing to accept it, and as far as that goes, I don't know how willing he is. Obviously, he's not throwing a fit about it. He's a pr- true professional. Chris Paul has been one of the the best pros in the league for a long time, so you got to give credit where credits due. But uh, it's really what I expected from him. He was going to go in there, slow the game down move the ball around and and his three point shot has gotten, you know, to a point in the last season and a half where he is able to knock those open ones down more often than not. But, I am just glad he's not here anymore. I know that's bad to say, but he he did the, the him controlling the pace can be a blessing and a curse. It really depends and this team, this Suns team that we have didn't need Chris Paul to control the tempo when you have a Kevin Durant and Devin Booker who play a much different style than Chris Paul does. He almost hindered what they were doing and I almost wonder if that might actually be an issue with the Warriors too, especially how they tend to run and gun kind of the way they do. Just talking about the Warriors more broadly, though, while, while we're on the topic, what a nightmare, man. You got Draymond, the consummate man-child, choking people out, getting technicals, being the same old Draymond. And Clay Thompson, man, poor guy. He has just not been the same since he came back from his injury. He's still a decent spot-up shooter, but you can tell he's just a step slow and I've heard rumblings that they might even be looking to trade him. Obviously, they got a lot of big contracts there. So you you would think something would have to give. I can't imagine seeing Chris Paul move again, and you know they're not going to move Steph. So who does that leave, Clay or Draymond? But Chris Paul, man, I think his days in the league are numbered. I don't think we've seen the last of him, though. I'm I'm not just talking about Allstate commercials. I think he's going to find his way back into the basketball spotlight as soon as his career is over whether that's through broadcasting or being on the sidelines as a coach
1: that makes sense i mean chris paul is a big personality he's going to find his way back into the league whenever he does hang it up i mean i'm kind of surprised that he came back this upcoming year chris i mean his injury struggles have been well apparent you know during his three seasons with the suns he couldn't stay healthy in the playoffs and trust me we have enough health issues to worry about right now so i'm i'm kind of with you i'm i thank chris paul for his service but it was time to move into a different direction but yeah i don't know i think clay he's on the last year of his deal if he's going to stay with the warriors he's going to have to take a pay cut I don't know who's really going to want to drop a bag on him moving forward either, just based off of those two major knee surgeries. And like you said, he's not the same type of guy. But the biggest thing to me is how is Draymond Green not worn out his welcome in Golden State? I mean, he literally forced Jordan Poole over to the Wizards and that guy is he's way better talent at the end of the day than Draymond Green. I know Draymond is yeah. kind of that glue guy, but it truly is kind of crazy the amount of negativity that Draymond continues to bring with himself he still finds his way to get extensions and all that kind of stuff with the Warriors but enough about them it's time to transition to our team our favorite team the team we love the Phoenix Suns right now after 13 games they are seven and six they're sitting at seventh in the west third in the Pacific they are on a nice little winning streak they've won three in a row Might say because Devin Booker finally made his way back into the lineup, right? He comes out, we crush the Timberwolves and have two really tough back-to-back games in Utah against a really scrappy Jazz team. But before we dive into it a little bit more, Chris, with past the outlet point guard, I gotta know, who is your biggest surprise from this Suns team to start the season?
0: Oh, man. I'm glad I got to go first on this one. I would have to say Grayson Allen, man. Holy moly. I know that guy gets a lot of hate going all the way back to his Duke days, but he's rolled into town and gotten right to work man especially with Bradley Beal and Devin Booker missing extended periods of time he was the next guard up and he earned every minute that he got to play I mean I think he was averaging 35 to 40 minutes every single night in those games where Beal and Booker were both out I've just been totally impressed his ability to play defense and be able to attack the basket on offense is just exactly what we need. I'm not saying he's going to replace Booker or Beal, and it's funny because in our last, uh, in our first Suns recap of this season. I said, you know, we know Devin Booker is important to us, just how important to us. And I feel like it kind of sounded like I was saying that we don't need Devin Booker and we're good with Grayson Allen, but that is just not the case, people. So I want to set the record straight here. We absolutely need Devin Booker, but Grayson Allen is a great compliment to him and a guy that uh, I really appreciate having because like I said, he can fill in when those guys are out, but when they are healthy, he can come in with the second unit and still be a solid starting caliber player out there.
1: I love it. And like I said, during the recap, Wasn't surprised that Grayson Allen made his way onto the player of the recap this early, man. I love it. In the spot starts that he's had. 13 games. He's had to start 13 all games this season. He's averaging 12.3 points, 4.7 rebounds, and incredible 49.3% from three-point range in about 32 minutes per night. But I think, Chris, for my guy, my early surprise, I think I got to go with Drew Eubanks. For me, I'm very appreciative of what he's been able to do to come in with that second unit. He plays huge. We know that he's really aggressive around the basket. He's averaging 7.8 points, 4.5 rebounds, and 1.2 blocks. He's got some good athleticism to him. Maybe sneakier than we might have thought. But that's because Yusuf Nurkic, he is kind of what we expected, right? start the season, 10.5 points, 8.9 rebounds, 4.3 assists. I do like that. But he's not shooting very well from the field. Only 42.9% and 25.8% as well. We've seen him get into some early foul trouble. So Drew Eubanks has had to stretch out his minutes as well. But there's just times that we can't have Nurk on the floor because he is just too limited With his athleticism, man, he struggles to find side to side stretch outs. We can't really switch with him. He can't elevate to really put a hand up on shooters. I know he is a seven footer, but these guys in the NBA, if they get to their spot 18, 20 feet around the basket, they're exploding off the floor for jump shots, anyways. That stuff doesn't really matter. But we got to do it, Chris. I got to roll into the outlet point guard and I got to start back. To now right we gotta start and think about where we were with some negatives what we've seen from this team early off defensively into what we've seen the past three games so let's go ahead and roll it Uh, first and foremost i gotta say okc man i hope that they make a nice push in the playoffs they're an exciting young team but what we've been seeing from the suns defensively right now is just kind of discombobulation we're Struggling with communication. And that's what happens when it comes down to a new team, right? And it's just easy switch matchups when the ball is rotated back out right there. Drew Eubanks, you got to fall back onto Wembenyama. But now that Devin Booker is back into the lineup, even starting from his time on the first game with Golden State against Golden State Warriors, we know he's on a mission this year. He's our starting point guard, man. He's looking to get guys involved in any which way he can. He's averaging 9.8 assists so far. And then obviously, right now, because Bradley Beal's out, it's the two-headed monster of Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant, Chris, he's on an MVP pace. You can't tell me any way otherwise. He's averaging 31.4 points, 7.2 rebounds, 5.5 assists, and 1.2 blocks. Doing it on both ends and really pushing this team over the end of the finish lines when we need it. So let me roll it back right up to the top. Chris, what are you seeing and thinking about from this son's team defensively to start this season?
0: Oh, just absolutely disgusting. Gross. Like just looking at this play, like what, what happens here? Like are, are KD and Beal really not talking? Like, I don't understand how you get two guys falling off to cover. Who is that? Josh Giddey? What Kevin Durant, where are you going? Like, you said the I think you said the word discombobulation and that just summarizes it perfectly cuz they they just look lost like there I can't tell you how many plays exactly like this I've seen where it's a simple pick and roll and our guys just get lost in the sauce can't find it and there's a guy wide open like this is fundamental day one basketball mike it's it's talk switch or fight through the screen like there's no other option so for this type of shit to be happening is just it's a head scratcher for sure, but it's not anything I don't think that that they can't clean up. I think it's perfectly within the realm of possibility. It, it really just comes down to effort, right? Because I get Brad Beal is covering the guy and he probably thinks KD or someone should be there. I get that. So I'm not going to put it all on Brad Beal. Um, if anything, I'd say that's probably on Kevin Durant.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't mind the hedge while Shea kind of backs down there, but I don't see a reason why he needs to fall down to Josh Giddy crossing probably because he thought it was his man because he was covering at the top. But I kind of blame Brad Beal there. Like, you got to yell and make sure that Kevin Durant knows that you're helping and stepping in to cover and that it's his responsibility to flash back up on Jalen Williams and he gets that wide-open three-pointer. I mean, it's all communication when it comes down to that. And like we say, this is stuff that's correctable, definitely easy to figure things out we have to talk about the Suns having to work out different rotations to start this season as well. Anyways. I mean, guys aren't playing where they need to be. I mean, we already said it. Grayson Allen has started every game. He's not a starter for this team. He's been filling in well, but that wasn't what he was brought in to do. Right? So once you get rolling with your matchups and start figuring out the guys that you're on the floor with all the time, It becomes easier for that type of communication. But yeah, this one with Keita Bates-Diop, I see Grayson Allen pointing over for him to go. I don't know. He's asking to double to Joel. I'm okay with living with Joel Embiid, maybe doing a back down on Drew Eubanks and then doing his patented one foot step back, almost kind of like Dirk Nowitzki, right? But where is the talk? Where is the communication? Kevin Durant, you can cover that cutter right there. I think that's DeAnthony Melton. Tell Eric Gordon to flash back out to Kelly Oubre or like that's just what we've been missing to start this season, right Chris?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's I think it it all comes down to the communication because you're right. Like, what what are we seeing up there up top? Is it Grace and Allen calling for a double? Like, sure, but then why are why is there no talk on the back end of that? Like, Kevin Durant and Eric Gordon have no clue what's going on, and and KD does his best he can to close out there. But I mean, I w- I'm with you. I would live with Embiid trying to back down Eubanks because then you still right where he is so high in the, in the key or not even in the key, just so high near the three point line there. Like there's plenty of time for help to still get there. If he gets any deeper, like it's not the end of the world. Like Embiid is a, you know, perennial MVP candidate, but he's also not the fastest guy in the world. So I just think uh, it's things like this. Like, like just, just as with the last clip that we need to clean up and I don't think it's impossible to do. No. And let's be honest,
1: right? Big time players like Joel Embiid are going to be able to make shots like we're talking about. But if you're putting contested shots on those guys, they're still going to shoot not the best percentage. And if you're going to double there, if you're Keita Bates-Diop, it's got to be a heavy double, man. That is a lazy, like he didn't even commit to it at all. Like it's just like one hand up. Oh, okay. And then we're running where even if Kelly Oubre does get there and Kevin Durant closes out properly, that's a swing pass to Tobias Harris in the corner. And Diop is just way too late to get there anyways. So easily correctable stuff, but communication is key. We know this, Chris. I mean, we're coaches. We know this when it comes down to the basketball court. But this play is – this one's an interesting one to me because this is kind of like a fast – Twitch decision that you have to make between Devin Booker and Drew Eubanks here, right? I mean, we know that Jeremy Sochan isn't the best three point shooter. So when he dives down, looks to Wembanyama and kick it back out, once again, communication. Eubanks and Devin Booker have to talk about making that switch. And I don't know. It looks like his hand might have uh, kind of waved at Eubanks to go back down, but Drew is so one track minded just thinking about who his matchup was on the outside. He's not even thinking about properly making that switch back.
0: I mean, let's see. Let's be honest. Like you have to try and make that switch as soon as you can. Devin Booker guarding Victor Wembenyama is just not a, not a possible thing. I mean, even Drew Eubanks at seven foot is still what? Four inches shorter than Victor Wembenyama. Yeah. Eubanks looks absolutely lost here. I don't know if Devin Booker was saying something, but he should have been yelling, like, you know, go down, like, As soon as Devin Booker has his like him on his hip right there is when he should pop back out on Sochan and Eubanks needs to crash down into the paint. I I mean, it's hard to say if it would even make a difference. I mean, you just chuck it at the rim and when Benyama's right there to just pop it in.
1: But you're talking about right. I mean, let's pull it back just a little bit more. I mean, when Sochan picks up his dribble right here, Drew Eubanks is already falling back into the paint. If you're going to make this pass from Sochan, if you look to switch that double right there, he can try and lob it behind, but Drew Eubanks should have the step. I know Wimbledon seven four, but he should be able to get a body on him, and he would force him under the basket anyways if he were to somehow be able to really corral that ball. So yeah, right here, ball pickup. Devin Booker has kind of pushed him towards the sideline. He steps out, steps ahead to Sochan, and then Drew Eubanks falls down, where if he makes that pass, Drew Eubanks can use his size. And I know he's got LBs on Wembenyama, who's only 210 right there. But those are just little things, man. Those are little understanding the scenarios on your mismatches. And unfortunately, in that Spurs game as a whole, we did see a lot of those happen. And that's why we dropped both of those to the Spurs. But all right, enough of the negative. Let's roll into what has really been rolling for the Phoenix Suns these past three games, which have propelled them over 500. And Chris, I got to pass it over to you. What are you liking so far out of Devin Booker to start this season after his early injury problems?
0: Yeah, Devin Booker just came back with his hair on fire. I, it's truly amazing. Point Book is something we always knew was possible and that he was perfectly capable of. But to see him just absolutely dominating that position is is awesome. His handle, his court vision is just incredible. I mean, we're witnessing Devin Booker in his prime. He's, he's only, I think, 27 years old or something like that. And so you had him learning under Chris Paul, getting to soak up all of his knowledge. Now with Kevin Durant, getting to soak up all of his knowledge. He's had some pretty good head coaches. For all my criticisms of Monty Williams, he did get them to the finals and into the playoffs each year through that stretch. I'm just so impressed with Devin Booker, man. And I pray for his continued health and well-being because if we have any championship aspirations, it's going to be through Devin Booker. 100%. I mean,
1: and what? Early on, he only played two games. He was averaging well over 30 points and almost over 10 assists. But right now, 28.8 points, 5.6 rebounds, 9.8 assists. I mean, people can say that he's not a point guard, but uh, if you're averaging 10 assists a game, you're a damn point guard. I love it. I love the elevation of his game. And exactly like you said, Chris, he's in his prime. It's here. And we're just going to see continued upward trajectory of this kid especially playing alongside our last guy that we have to talk about who has been propelling the phoenix suns to start this season in kevin durant chris what have you been liking out of kd so far
0: man kd his ability to just pour in buckets has been tremendous he's looking like his old self again. It is funny because a few weeks ago we were talking about oh, Katie. He's just not the same guy, you know, like he is a little bit older and, and he is, so he's going to have times I'm sure where he shows some, some of that age. But right now, man, the thing that's impressed me the most about Kevin Durant is his ability to be on the court and staying healthy, man. Cause without Kevin Durant, without Devin Booker, we're, we're screwed, man. And <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he is, he's been great. And honestly, like, I, I've heard a lot on uh you know conversations i was listening to today and people talking like you mentioned even kevin durant rumblings for mVp and I was thinking like yeah man he really has like he's had a couple 40point games I'm pretty sure scoring over 30 a lot of the time and damn near triple doubles every night out the past few times but when when I look on the sports books he's not getting any love in that running i think he's like sixth or seventh on the list right now and it makes sense you know there's a lot of very talented guys right now. And I think if I had to bet, my guess would be that they're factoring in him probably missing some time this season. I'm not hoping for that. I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but his track record shows that Kevin Durant's not going to play a full 82, probably not even going to play 70. But if he does, great, that's even better. I'm just saying we got to set the expectations properly so that anything else will just be you know icing on the cake. But Kevin Durant, love that guy. Don't say that, Chris, man. This
1: is going to be the year. He's going to play all 82 games. No, hell no, he's not. And <laughs> it's a—it's truly miraculous if you get guys who play a full season nowadays anyways. But we're starting to see the true vision finally come to form in between Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. I mean, they both can handle the ball so, so tremendously. They both can get to their spots really whenever they want. The biggest thing for this Phoenix Suns team when it comes down to it, and like we saw in the playoffs last year, and what we're going to need is we're going to need those bench guys and those role players to step up when their opportunity is called. Because if you just talk about what we saw in the last two games here against the Utah Jazz, last four minutes of the game is action between Book and KD, right? We know that because your superstars need to have the ball in their hand at the end of the game. But I really did like seeing in that double overtime game, Grayson Allen not hesitating to pull that three and putting the dagger in on him, man. That's what we need. And that's what we were missing last season from this Phoenix Suns team. But I'm so excited. I can't wait till this season really starts to ramp up. Obviously, we're going to see what happens with the NBA in-season tournament. Thank goodness the Phoenix Suns won this game on Friday in Utah because I don't know about you guys, and we're going to get into it later. If it's the first thing of anything in NBA history, I'd love to have my name somewhere in it, right? At least playing in the knockout round and really trying to put your name in the record book somehow, right? So uh, things are just ramping up with basketball. I'm here for it, and I just can't wait anymore. But Chris, before we transition on, anything else? from the Phoenix suns that you've been seeing early to start the season?
0: Oh yeah. I think the biggest thing for me, and I I guess I'll use this as a a soapbox to kind of let my feelings loose. Uh, There was a lot of talk early in the season when Devin Booker and Brad Beal were missing a lot of games of, Hey, we're not worried about winning games in October or November. We're just trying to win games in June and we're trying to make a playoff run. And I can appreciate that sentiment, but I was, I was really, really worried then. And my, I want to say my, my fears have been alleviated a little bit since Devin Booker's come back, seeing how he's pairing up with Kevin Durant. Oh, and I think that's just a dangerous mindset to be like, ah, we don't care about winning early season games. It's, I think more than the the wins and losses right now, I'm concerned with our team's ability to all be on the court at the same time. I know Bradley Beal is battling this back tightness, this lingering back injury that he has going on, and I really hope he figures it out. But it just plays right into the narrative that was being spun throughout the offseason that these guys on this team that you've put together are injury prone and they're going to miss time. And I put a tweet out there pointing out how little these three guys have played in the last three seasons and was met with a little criticism, calling me a doomer. I know you want to be optimistic for your Valley sports teams, for any home team, you want to be optimistic, but there's fans like me who are more often pessimistic than optimistic. And I mean, it's just history uh, doesn't bode well for the Valley. And whether it's, you want to call it a curse, uh, just, good old bad luck or we were not the best team that given day whatever sport it may be like you said Diamondbacks lost the World Series Suns lost to the Bucks the Cardinals lost to the Steelers it's like championship losses have plagued the Valley for a couple decades now and it's tough it's tough but tying it in my point being is I am feeling a little bit better here today we got Booker we got Durant back I think they're gonna be able to get things going and and when i take a step back and look at more of a big picture the thing that gives me pause is that these guys are going to be able to put it together i know i know they are it's not like you can go through all of this work and not have it pay off i mean you see what they did to get the record setting year where they won all those games they busted their ass throughout the regular season and what did that get us bounced right out of the playoffs came short so if we do take it easy, as long as we make it into the playoffs and we're gelled together, I think it'll be good in the long run that we might have erred on the side of caution with injuries. And ultimately, I'm sure, like we said with Kevin Durant, there are going to be games where he's getting his veteran rest or not playing on back-to-backs. Like, he might not play tomorrow. He might not play tomorrow against the Warriors, and and that's fine. But I I am more optimistic today than I was even two weeks ago. And, and rant.
1: Well, Hey, I mean, that's what winning can do for you, right? (laughs) You get a nice little win streak. You start to see what the truth about this team was supposed to be when all these pieces were acquired and brought in this summer. And, you know, our narrative can change. But that's the ebbs and flows of an NBA season too, right? I know there were other people who were talking about when Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant are on the floor or you have two guys on the floor of your you know, superstars, you still should have enough talent to win those games. And I just think back to the time when Bradley Beal was on the floor, Devin Booker was still out. We got that first win against Chicago. Granted, we had to pull that one out of our ass, but then we dropped the one against the Lakers and then OKC. I mean, those are two teams that aren't slouches and those are two teams that are fully healthy right now. And Brad Beal has... Just not been healthy, even in the games that he's played. But if you look at his stats, I mean, 17.3 points, 5.3 rebounds, 3.7 assists in only 29 minutes. I mean, that's a good sample size for a guy who's already hurt, right? So it does give me a, a boost of confidence in what he'll be able to do once he gets back 100%. But I'm with you, man. This was the point that back injury was lingering. He plays what three preseason games goes down, plays three games again, goes down. Shut him down. Do not keep trying to stretch him out. Give him one off days. Get him healthy because I, even with those nice numbers from a broken Bradley Beal, it's just not worth it right now. We, I would much rather have guys like Grayson Allen and Eric Gordon, Kata Bates Diop, Utah Watanabe. All those guys getting minutes early and getting extended minutes so when their eventual minutes shrink, when it comes down to the playoff time, they're going to be ready to go when they're called upon. So get him healthy. And the last thing I'll say, Chris, is you better not put that juju out there that Kevin Durant is not going to play tomorrow because we're going to the game. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Kevin Durant better be playing. This is actually going to be my first game seeing Kevin Durant in the stadium, in my actual season tickets, right? I went to go see him uh, the second Spurs game when Wembanyama went off. But those are in the upper deck. We were there for a a buddy's bachelor party. Shout out, Nico, Valley Sports Plug contributor. But I better, he better be there. And I know he will be, but all right. Phoenix Suns action keeps rolling right along. Let's make sure we're staying in tune. Like we said, we got bi-weekly recaps coming at you guys. So make sure you're plugged in. But Chris, it's that time.
0: Let's roll into Reddit Reacts, man. What do you got for us this time? Let's do it. I went and visited our friends on r slash sons. Got some memes for you. Got some pictures. But there is one topic I wanted to get your reaction on. It wasn't from Reddit. Couldn't find anything specific of them talking about it. But Mike, you mentioned it a bit ago. This NBA in-season tournament. They got the droops drawn here. Uh, you see West A, West B, West C, and you know corresponding East. So the Suns are lumped in with the Lakers, the Jazz, the Trailblazers, and the Grizzlies. We've already seen a couple of these games so far. Um, it was kind of funny seeing the Suns play the Jazz back-to-back. One night was an in-season tournament game and the other wasn't. Um, and, and for those of you who haven't seen it, I would be surprised if you didn't. Uh, the courts are very festive and colorful for this in-season tournament so the the jazz played on their crazy purple colored court one night as and we saw that in past the outlet and then the next night it was back to their normal court normal jerseys but Mike just uh you know like I said I want to get your reaction what do you think of the in-season tournament is it a is it get you real excited for uh, NBA basketball it does man I know there's a lot of people on different spectrums but this is This is something
1: cool, man. This is something that we just haven't seen. I love throwing new wrinkles into the game. And obviously, uh, the whole point of Adam Silver kind of bringing this in is because he sees the draw that comes from Europe with the in-season tournaments for soccer. And, man, I mean, any way to get these guys rolling early – and making sure that they're really leaving it out on the floor i'm all for it i mean i do kind of wish that this might have been towards the end of december or early january for it to start right away in the season is kind of odd but obviously they're trying to figure things out and if this does become a pattern in the nba they'll continue to expand on it but chris i gotta break this down for the people just in case they're not sure of kind of how this NBA in-season tournament works. But like you said, right, each conference is divided into three groups of five. The top three teams from the previous season, for their record, they were randomly assigned to the three conference groups, right? So you're not having overloaded of your top teams. And it's basically a round-robin tournament. We got games on Tuesdays and Fridays each team gets two home and two away and you play against each team in your group, right? And the cool thing is they figured out a way so this counts as regular season games, right? But when we get down the line in this tournament, there will be one extra game for the championship, which doesn't count towards your season record. So the teams that play in the uh, the in-season tournament championship will play 83 games this year. But after the group play, It goes down to the knockout rounds, so eight teams will make that. It'll be a single elimination tournament, and it'll be the top three teams from each conference group. Obviously, that makes sense. And then two wild cards, which will be the team from each conference with the best record in group play games that finished second in its group. So that's why it was very important for the Suns to win that game on Friday, since they had dropped their first in-season tournament game against the Lakers, the previous one. So, uh, other things: the semifinals and the championship will be played in Las Vegas. And a lot of the questions that people have been asking is, what's the what's the positive that comes out of it for the players, right? You know, what is kind of the the juice that guys are pulling out, right? It's all about that money, baby. It's all about that money for the teams that make it into uh, the knockout round for the tournament. The losing teams in the quarterfinals each player gets 50k, uh, losing team in the semis each player gets 100k, and then the runner up gets 250k per player, and the champions each get half a million. Lot of information <laughs> just thrown at the people, Man. right. Uh, it's it's a crazy concept. It seems to be working so far because these in-season tournament games have been some of the best so far that we've seen uh, to start this season. But Chris, I mean, I'm all for it. But what are you thinking? How are you feeling about the in-season tournament?
0: Mike, I love your enthusiasm and I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> I think that the NBA tournament is an absolute joke. It's a scam. It's like trying to get people excited about what they were already going to watch. And I don't know. I don't care about an in-season tournament champ. Like in, I don't, I mean, obviously this is the first year, so maybe I could be wrong. Maybe five years from now, I'll be like, man, remember when the Suns were the 2025 in-season tournament champs? Oh, but who won the finals that year? Oh, okay well that's gonna supersede everything like nobody it almost reminds me of like who cares who won the all-star game it's like oh yeah the west has won three years in a row i don't i couldn't tell you who won last year i know this is different i don't want to get too off track but i just i get that there's a monetary benefit for the players and that's great but i don't care about rich guys getting richer um i guess the guys at the end of the bench good for them um they might just double their salary for the year depending on what kind of contract they're on but i don't know man like are 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 the tickets to these games more expensive because you get to watch your team play on a different court with a different jersey and call it a tournament like i'm with you though i if they are gonna do it i wish they did it a little later in the season i think like you said, end of November into December, sometime around there, when you really start getting into the lull of the season, if the whole point is to grab people's attention, why are you doing it starting like the second or third week of the of the year? People are already going to be excited to watch basketball. Not to mention at that point, you're already competing with football and baseball. Uh, maybe that's part of it. They're trying to draw some attention away from that because they know once we get out, especially out of the MLB season and that football season starts to wind down, it's going to be all about, the NBA and the NHL. And let's be honest, the NBA is much more popular than the NHL, uh, at least, you know, stateside. Ah, I just, I can't get behind it, Mike. I think if they're really going to keep this thing going and have it be something that sticks, they need to come up with a better incentive. And I know we had a conversation about this a couple weeks ago. I, I don't know if that looks like giving someone draft compensation or guaranteeing them a spot in the playoffs, but what what do the what do the Lakers care what do the Nuggets care if they win the in-season tournament when they're already going to be a top three seed in the West anyway so I just think there's some some bugs to tweak if you want to keep it around but uh yeah no not about it I mean cool let's go Suns win that in-season tournament
1: (laughs) well we gotta freaking make it there if
0: (laughs) at first right and I don't know if you mentioned it, it's also when it comes to right now in the group play, uh, it's not just the wins and losses, it's how many points you score, right? Point differential factors into it as well. I
1: think that'll be a big component when it comes down to the two wild card spots, right? Because obviously, whoever wins the top, you're, it's it's pretty easy. But, you know, figuring out who that's those second teams that are in, Each group, who's going to get that out, I think it's going to come down to those point differentials. So that's why we've been seeing a lot of teams still hoisting it up at the end of these games, even if they might be up by 8, 10 points. They're trying to add to that point differential. Uh, Yeah, the last thing, Chris, I echo your sentiments in regard to the incentives. They're not there just yet, right? You know, Devin Booker, Bradley Bill, Kevin Durant, they all make... 35 plus million dollars a year well Devin Booker does Kevin Durant and Beal make plus 45 but beside the fact I really really like if this is going to be something that moves forward with the NBA having the winner be an automatic bid for the playoffs because this can bring out some of the best from some of the let's be honest bottom feeder teams that if they can miraculously make a run and they were probably only going to win 35 games and not make the playoffs that season, they get an automatic bid. Now, where would you put them? Would you put them middle of the pack? Would you give them a fourth seed so they get home court advantage as well? Uh, See, there's just too many questions to still kind of iron out to start. But for me... It's something new. It's a new wrinkle to the NBA. And any way that we can change the game a little bit, either than actually changing the rules, I'm okay to try it out, right? (laughs) I'm okay to try it out. So we'll see how it goes for the rest of this season. But we got a big game tonight, right? Tonight is an NBA in-season tournament game for the Phoenix Suns against the Portland Trailblazers. DeAndre Ayton is making his actual return, you know, this is when they should have been putting the welcome back DeAndre Ayton yes yep. stuff up on the on the screen. So we'll see what kind of uh, response the fans give him tonight. But Chris, what else do you got for Reddit Reacts for us tonight?
0: Oh, man. Yeah, I got a few uh, few more quick ones for you. I want to do this a little bit fun, though. I want to play a little game with you here. See if you can guess, guess the meme, if you will. So I'll show you the template first. This is the template that they used over on Reddit. So you see you got Rocky and uh, uh, what? I forget his oh, name. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't ask me. Never seen the films. Honestly, I haven't either. And then Rocky's looking up at the, the I know that's the Russian dude. He's from the, if he dies, he dies meme. I might, That might even be the, if, it, if he dies, he dies scene. So we're going to come over to here. I'm going to zoom in on this a little bit. Um, so I'm going to pull up the, so that was the template. And now this is the meme here. So my, what my question is when I scroll down, what is going to be, what picture is going to be superimposed over the Russian guy? Oh,
1: oh man. Is it Mike Hall or Corbin Carroll? Is it somebody so, with the diamondbacks?
0: I'll give you, I'll give you a hint. It's not a person. It's not a person. So that might make it tough.
1: Oh, okay.
0: All right. So, is so, it the
1: Arizona Cardinals? It can't be the Cardinals, is it?
0: No, 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 no. So let me zoom <laughs> out here. So you got you got the Diamondbacks logo attending to the Suns logo. They clearly have been beaten up. Rocky's not too happy about it. It's the state of no! Texas, Mike. <laughs> the state of Texas just seems to have the, the oh. state of Arizona's number. Diamondbacks get beat by the Rangers. Suns get beat by the Mavericks. The Cardinals even lost to the Texans. You can throw that in there. Why not? What is it about the state of Texas, Mike, that just has them clobbering the Valley week, year, decade after decade?
1: Well, and two of the only three wins for the San Antonio Spurs are against the Phoenix Suns this season in Phoenix. Man, those are some tough games. Hey, I got to shout out our guy, Ben Miller, because he probably got the worst of it. He lives in Arlington. He did go to, what was it, game two? I fully give him the credit for the Diamondbacks winning that game because he brought the energy in there, but he had to put on a big-ass Texas Rangers hat, so he got the brunt of it (laughs) when it comes down to all of us. Poor Ben. We love you, Ben, but I don't know. What is is the old phrase? Everything's bigger in Texas? Damn it. Unfortunately, their sports teams are right now as well.
0: Yeah, unfortunately seems to be the case. Uh, It's tough. It's tough but it's always a chance for a brighter tomorrow and i think you know when we look at this team they do have a pretty bright future uh, i think i mentioned it a bit ago but just to double down devin booker is only 27 years old mike a happy birthday to him i guess this was from 22 days ago since this is the first past the outlet of the sun season i figured i'd make sure we had some fresh ones for you uh, but yeah devin booker is a 27 year old man Ah, uh, gonna be 27 this whole season. He's not getting any older. Uh, man, you gotta be gotta be optimistic about our future with this guy on the roster.
1: And all he does is just keep expanding his game. Like we said, now he is a bona fide playmaker, guys. Like he is so great when it comes down to playing the game at his pace and making defenders dictate. What he wants to do on the floor. I mean, we've seen plenty of his patented back downs, his slow up the dribble, cross, get into the middle of the lane, and hit him with his twelve foot floaters. But now his passing ability is well far beyond it what what it was when we first had point book. You know, when he was first starting out in the league. We also have a lot better weapons from back then. But very excited to see where he goes this season, and hopefully. As the Suns move and keep moving forward with their trajectory, his MVP trajectory can start going up as well because I'd love to see him in a top five bout when it comes down to the end of the season. Because this kid is something special and we know the book ones are coming out here soon as well, so make sure you keep an eye out on those man, I think it's going to be hard to grab any if you're trying to go to Foot Locker or a Nike store here in the Valley, man, those things are going to be sold out.
0: So make sure you're checking online for those. Oh, yeah, I'm probably gonna to have to order my book ones online. I'm not into fighting crowds. Uh, you know what? One last thing I will say about Devin Booker to just, you know, give him some more props is he, he really puts in the work and he kind of embodies the saying ball is life because when other guys are taking trips and hitting the beach and going to shows and stuff. I mean, he does some of that, but Devin Booker is working throughout the offseason. You've seen nothing but clips of him in the gym, leaving gyms, playing with guys, playing in in pickup games here and there. The guy never stops working, trying to get better at his craft. And it's it's showing, man. It is showing. Every year he seems to get a little bit be- better. And uh, you got to wonder like, ah, is this, is this it? Oh, is this it? Oh, is this it? But he just keeps raising the bar every a little bit every season. And I'm really, I think for that reason, that's why I'm so excited to see what he can do, you know, probably in the next five to let's be honest, five to 10 years. I think Devin Booker will be a guy that plays late into his thirties. Should his body allow him to do that. Right. He loves the game that much. I wouldn't be surprised. And if he can,
1: he seems like a smart enough player to be able to transition. Once he gets a little bit older, his game and he'll still be able to find his spots, but it sounds like Kendall Jenner's, Friends want her to get back with Devin Booker as well. So everybody loves D-Book, Chris. That's that's just the truth.
0: Out they, with Bad Bunny, they said. I like it. I like it. Getting the pop culture spin in there. Oh, man. But, you know, I guess we can keep talking about Devin Booker a little bit. It's funny. I, I love to see the friendship him and Kevin Durant have. We saw them go into a couple of the Diamondbacks games together. I think a few Mercury game, games here and there. Um, But also uh, roasting his friend Kevin Durant on Twitter, uh, he went back in Kevin Durant's Twitter account and found a tweet from February 25th, 2010, where Kevin Durant tweeted, hashtag you ever wake up in the middle of the night and think about a girl you like or starting to like and sit at the edge of your bed and say, damn, I want her. So Devin Booker uh, retweeted that and said (laughs) mood. So man, he's going into the archives for
1: that one. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, we're,
0: we're going back over 13 years for that one. So so two questions, Mike. What do you think of the friendship between Book and Durant and him throwing this little rib? And also two, <laughs> is this a subtweet about Kendall Jenner?
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to start with two. It's a subtweet about Kendall Jenner. He heard the rumors. He heard the trains maybe getting back on the track. So he's throwing it out there as well. But I love it, man. We've known that specifically Kevin Durant has a high affinity for Devin Booker going back to their time with the Olympic team and obviously when everything went down in Brooklyn for Kevin Durant what was the place that he wanted to come it was to Phoenix and it was to play with Devin Booker their relationship continues to blossom not only on the court when they're actually getting to play together finally I don't even think we're at 20 games played Total regular season, right? We can count the playoffs, yeah, it would be 20 games, but man, it, it, it's something special. And it's something special to see somebody who is what a 13 time all star, two time champion, two time finals MVP talk in such regard to a guy like Devin Booker. He respects him so much for as young as he is, right? We know Devin Booker is a true veteran in this league now, but. To get those kind words from somebody who's already that stature, an absolute first ballot Hall of Famer, a top 75 guy, it's something special, man.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, there's almost a decade of an age gap between those two as well. I think Devin Book, I don't I, mean, I don't want to say he's mature for his age, because by 27, uh, guys, you should have it figured out. but. Uh, he's always been that way. I mean, since he came into the league at what, 18, 19 years old, like Devin Booker has always kind of carried himself. And I know if you're an outsider looking in or, you know, whatever you can say, Oh, book. So immature because of stuff he does on the court, like he'll chirp and, and all this and that, but everything off the court, like Devin Booker's just been an absolute pro. He's never in anything controversial. I mean, even while dating a Kardashian, he still manages to avoid any negative press. As far as I can remember. Uh, I mean, what is it, eight, nine years? Their difference? I mean, I don't know, man. I, I like it though. Um, a shout out to uh, this Reddit user. It looks like he took grabbed the screenshot just two minutes after Devin Booker posted it, and uh, that's user uh, you you slash diddled by dad. Shout
1: <laughs> oh out, oh my gosh, shout we out. love you, Reddit man. You guys just keep bringing the juice, I guess. My goodness,
0: Reddit is uh, they're they're special, man. I got it's a, a lot special of special place, it's, it's a uh, special place, it is. It is. And uh, speaking of, you know, special places, you could only find this on Reddit, and especially the you know, you can only find this on the internet, Mike, how much have you been exposed to these uh, AI generated images that people are having a lot of fun making these days? Are, Are you are you seeing those popping up on your feed? Oh, yeah. And I'm probably seeing them and not actually
1: realizing it. Now they're just infiltrating everything for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, they only get better and better. Uh, I mean, look at this one. Someone had an AI generate a uh, picture of Kevin Durant looking in the mirror. And I mean, just the detail is truly incredible. I mean, the in the mirror, it really captures all of Kevin Durant's best facial features and just physique overall. Um, if you're just listening to the audio, uh, it's an AI generated picture of Kevin Durant in a son's uniform looking in the mirror and seeing a goat wearing a Suns jersey. And it's funny because he's wearing a purple jersey. Looking <laughs> into the mirror is a white jersey. So yeah, I, <laughs> they just messed
1: up the the color of the jersey. But I mean, the goatee is literally perfect. It's right on,
0: right? That's true. That's true. They, they at least nailed that portion. <laughs> I, I also think it's funny a lot of the times with these AIs, they're not very good with words. So they nailed Suns and it, it, it looks like DeWant instead of Durant. I don't know. I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt on that one. Um, but the PayPal logo is just who knows So far, guy. so far off. It's, <laughs> oh shoot. It's, it's usually fingers and words, but yeah, no. Uh, yeah.
1: Words are always messed up. I have seen, uh, cause I'm in a couple of different Suns fan groups on Facebook. There's always somebody who posts an AI generated, uh, gorilla in like a son's uniform, like either sitting down on a basketball, like tying his, his jays or, Normally, they'll do it where he's, like, stomping down on the other team's mascot from the night we're playing. So, they go in, get it all generated, and then post it. it was like, we're going to beat up on the wolves tonight. And it's the gorilla freaking choking out a wolf, dude. It's wild. I love it.
0: That is dope. That is dope. There's some, there. there's I will be honest. There's some really cool, really clever ones. And then there are some others that uh, are absolutely horrific and need to be absolutely scrubbed from the internet. Very um, yeah crazy crazy this uh this current day and age we're living in but yeah kevin durant looking at himself in the mirror mike i know i'm going a little long on reddit reacts but i got one more for you if you think we got the time absolutely let's roll it all right so we're talking about drew eubanks we got got you banks from the trailblazers but it wasn't without some controversy if you remember uh, we were penalized for uh, speaking with him before the official negotiating window opened. I think, and the Suns uh, plead ignorant and say they didn't know, whatever. Um, but this, this, ah, uh, this meme posted by referee Superfan uh, in the Trailblazers Reddit actually is where I found this one. Says, "Welcome to the Eubank Vault," and it's a vault door opening up to reveal a 2024 second-round pick, and then Drew Eubanks uh, outside of the vault. So I was. I was confused, Mike. What is your interpretation of this meme posted in the Portland Trailblazers subreddit? Are, are they, and and the and the caption is also "you freaking moron." Um, that the that the guy posted. So are, is he saying the Suns are morons for giving them a second round pick by, you know, talking with Eubanks earlier? Are they saying that the Trailblazers are morons for not keeping Eubanks? I was a little confused by this one.
1: No, they're throwing shade at the Phoenix Suns. They're calling us freaking morons. Hey. I I was talking to Nico, I think, the other day, and I was basically saying when he brought this situation up, I was like, I'm fine, man. Let's be the villains for once. Let's do a little bit of dirty work. We'll give up that second round pick. That's fine. I would rather take a known commodity than something that's unknown, especially when it comes down to second round draft picks. We think about our own second round draft pick that we got this past season, Tomani Kamara not even on the roster anymore man those guys rarely pan out so eh, if it's the price to pay I guess I know the Suns are struggling for draft capital right now overall after all the trades that we've made but that's fine let's be morons for once I'll take it
0: yeah you know why not I mean what did we do with our draft picks this year we shipped them off like almost right away uh, there's always going to be players to sign in free agency. I mean, basketball is becoming one of the most played youth sports in the country today. If if it's not the most played youth sport, uh, I mean, you know, AAU is just absolutely exploded. So my, that, my point being, there's no shortage of talent in the NBA. And whether you're getting those guys through the draft or free agency, there's going to be guys out there that you can piece together a roster with. Not to mention, if you're going to be a high seed every year, you're not going to get the best draft pick. I mean, really, it's only the top five guys that are real coveted these days. And then everyone else is just kind of a crapshoot, whether they're going to blossom into something better or not. So yeah, I don't really have a problem with it at all. Uh, Eubanks is a guy that we needed. And I think I heard one of the radio guys say that it's good to see the Suns doing whatever they can to win, even if that is walking on the line, maybe slightly stepping over it at times. I'm You know, if you got to pay a fine here, give up a draft pick there. If it all, if all roads lead to an NBA championship, it was all worth it.
1: And that just seems to be in line with what Matt Ishbia wants to do for this franchise. He wants to put them at the top, man. And he's making us the fans a priority as well. I mean, we talk about AZ3TV with giving basically everyone in the Valley the opportunity to watch every single Phoenix Suns game, man. That's what it's about. And I think, Chris, it's that time to call it a night because we are right at tip-off time against the Portland Trail Blazers, so it's time to go watch the Suns. But before we head out, Chris, you got anything else for the people?
0: Yeah, and let us know in the comments. Uh, We're looking at some new content we wanna bring you in the new year. We're uh, in the middle, almost the end of November now, so just right around the corner. Mike mentioned the Suns game tipping off right now. Do you guys wanna see us do a watch party where Mike and I are sitting here breaking down the game? We're watching it on our computers, you're watching it on your TV, and we're just all talking about the game at the same time. Do you wanna see more long-form content, more short-form content? please, please let us know because we want to make this a product for you. Our whole mission is to be a fan perspective uh, service to the fans and a supplement to everything else you get sports wise. Cause we know you got your, your Valley sports radio, you got your other podcasts you listen to, you got your articles you like to read and we don't want to replace that necessarily. We just want to build on top of it and make it something special. So I appreciate everyone who's been here and then tuning in if you've, especially if you've made it this far on the playback on YouTube or listening on Spotify. Thank you so much. Please, please like and subscribe. And let's go Suns, man. Let's win this in-season tournament and let's roll into the new year with some momentum.
1: Couldn't have said it any better, Chris. Let's win that in-season tournament that Chris hates. I love it, guys. <laughs> hey, make sure you're following us on all socials at AZ underscore VSP. We'll keep bringing you that Valley Sports content. But this was Passy Outlet episode 14. I'm your co-host, Mike Benjamin. That's Chris Patrick. We'll see you guys next time. Go Suns.
0: One, two, three, four. Ball is life, plain and simple. You know, ask any baller. If if you
1: know, you know. The game has changed, but it's still the same. If you want it, go get it. Shazam. The inbounds pass comes into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line.
0: The shot on Elo. Ah! The Bulls win! Mike, you're honestly telling me that you're top five. Yeah. Top five of all time. No question about it. Booker, this is for the win. Got it.
1: Wow. The ruling on the boys made basket.
0: You know, one thing's for sure over at Valley Sports Plug, you're never going to catch us slipping. With the first overall pick, the Phoenix Suns select. Three, two, one.